When you think about Greek life, Christian faith might be the absolute last thing that comes to mind. But we not only believe that it's possible to be Greek and Christian, but also that it's the best way to experience Greek life and grow your faith. We have real, honest conversations about how to approach Greek life from a Christian perspective, including things like recruiting and pledging, drinking and drugs, sex and dating, leadership and philanthropy, and much more. This podcast is by Greeks and for Greeks. Our hosts and guests are all members of fraternities and sororities who collectively have decades worth of experience living out their faith in Greek life. Welcome to the Greek and Christian podcast. Welcome back, everyone. Glad uh, to have you back. Uh, Listen along with us. Uh, I am John Mackerel. I am here with my co-host, Allison Smith. How are you doing, Allison? Hey, I'm doing pretty good this morning. So uh, happy to be in 2021. It's New Year. And I'm looking forward to this episode today because we are welcoming an awesome alum. Yeah. She's pretty great. Yeah. So before we get into that, to catch you up, if you're just joining us, uh, to catch you up, uh, we are in a series exploring the intersection between Greek and Christian values. So everyone knows uh, every Greek chapter was founded on a set of principles or values in which our founders wanted to instill uh, in us and shape the lives of future generations. They're in our creeds that we recite, they're in the rituals that we practice during initiation. Uh, And these values, the purpose is meant to shape the way that we live and approach our lives. And the exact same is true for Christian faith. Just like our Greek founders, God also has a set of values in which he intends to shape the way that we live and relate and think and feel about everything. So the question for this series is, how do these Greek and Christian values intersect with one another? Where do they align? Where do they diverge? And how can we practically connect our faith with our Greek experience today? Yes, John, I love this series. Uh, And today, like I said earlier, we have an excellent guest joining us this week. Uh, Our guest is Tony McEwen. Tony was a huge part of Greek IV at Purdue, Boiler Up. And now she is the Global HR Service Center leader at Corteva. So I'm really excited to learn all of what that is. It sounds very impressive. (laughs) And I've actually gotten to hear Tony speak. So we have a program just for seniors called the Fellows Program that's all about faith and work after college and how you integrate your faith with your work. Um, And she is really passionate about that, how her faith fits in with her career. And you know what? She led a webinar on ethics. John, I think you were there too for it. And it was fantastic, just the way that she has really wrestled with what does it mean to be a Christian in my workplace, especially when ethics are concerned. So welcome, Tony. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. It's good to have you on, uh, Tony. I know that Allison mentioned that you are an alumna of Purdue University, but uh, what sorority were you a part of? Yes. So I was a Kappa Alpha Theta uh, at Purdue. Excellent. Those kites, you know, (laughs) I like it. Um, Well, Tony, we often ask our guests this question. Uh, So nicknames are kind of a big deal in Greek life. And so we would love to, love to know, did you have a nickname in college or in your sorority? And if yeah. so, what was it? Yeah. So my maiden name was Fasone, but everyone liked to call me Tony Fasoni. So that was, uh, <laughs> that was the way I was kind of known um, around campus and in Greek life. Fasone. I love it. Nice. 
That's a good one. That's a cool one. I mean, you know, sometimes nicknames aren't that cool and it's like, eh, but I think that's kind of a cool one. Yeah, yeah I got I, I got lots of jokes about being a part of the Italian mafia and the mob and all that fun stuff. So that's a story for another day. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There you go. Well, <laughs> well, Tony, let's get right into it. I'm excited for a conversation with you today. And so I'd love to hear, you know, when you think about your experience in Theta, is there one or two of your sorority's values that really resonate with you? And how did your Christian faith connect with your sorority's values? Yeah. Um, so if I kind of go back, gosh, 23 years, my my freshman year at Purdue uh, is when I actually chose to follow the Lord. So about two months before I rushed uh, at, to become a, a Greek member, I gave my Lord my life to the Lord and decided to start following Jesus. And so I was actually becoming a Christian and starting the journey of a Christian faith while I was becoming a sorority member at the same time. And so that was um, a very kind of fascinating way to kind of introduce two worlds together, being brand new in my faith and also, um, you know, just figuring out what the sorority is all about. So um, I had, um, I was actually a Theta legacy. So my mom was a Theta at Butler and lots of aunts uh, <laughs> at various other campuses. And so, you know, I knew a little bit about what sorority life was about. In fact, when I was a kid, we would go over to Butler campus and run around the Theta house. Um, <laughs> obviously not knowing that years later that that would be the sorority that I chose. Um, but for me, it was really truly about the way that the Theta House in particular, you know, most of the women I saw in Greek life show kindness and compassion and love um, and in truly putting that as kind of part of who they were in their character. Mm -hmm. And that was um, a springboard for me to really explore my faith in a community of people who um, sought out the best in one another. Oh, wow. That's really neat. I, I'd love to hear, you know, just how did you connect with the Lord? You said it was like two months before you rushed your freshman year of college. Yeah. Can you just share a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, I was in the dorm and I think it was probably a month after I had started my freshman year. And so for us, uh, rush was right at Christmas time. So you kind of come on campus as a freshman, spend the first semester and then rush at Christmas break. And um, Campus Crusade actually had a Bible study in the dorm in the basement. And I was really struggling because I had spent the first few weeks of uh, my my Purdue career uh, partying and kind of doing all the things that I thought were important so I could fit in. And um, it just wasn't who I was. And I found myself kind of not showing up to class. And uh, long story short, I ended up going to this Bible study in the dorm room. Um, and that started me getting exposed to the Bible and people who really, truly like love Jesus. And um, two months later, I was on a retreat and gave my life to the Lord. So that's kind of how it all happened. And, and it just, you know, it kind of went from there. Wow. That's crazy. It's like crew rushed you before uh, your sorority <laughs> did. They got you. They sure did, which was actually kind of cool, though, because having been a part of a campus ministry, when I found out about Greek university. I mean, it was like, oh, the best of both worlds. I mean, you know, I didn't yeah. even know Greek university was a thing until I joined the sorority house. And there were a few girls a few years ahead of me who were like, hey, come check this out. And I started to realize actually 
you know, all ministries served, you know, different populations on campus, but I actually found the one that spent the next three and a half years truly helping me for my faith while being a part of Greek life. So it's awesome. Hey, glad you got uh, connected with us. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, that is a crazy time to be figuring out both, uh, you know, uh, being a sister in a sorority and figuring out your faith. Like I couldn't thinking about uh, me as a freshman uh, going through pledge season in a fraternity. Like if I had to figure out my faith on top of that, that is uh, it's a trying time. You know, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot happening. <laughs> well, so. and I was I was super, super blessed because there's this amazing woman on staff with university named Christine Tweet. Now, Christine yeah. Wagner. Yes, and we know Tweet. <laughs> those first few months after I became a Theta, she found me and she discipled me the entire way through my wow. college career. And That's had awesome. it not been for her, I don't think I would have grown in my faith nearly to the extent that set a foundation for me after I graduated. So, yeah. Love it. Yeah. Awesome. Which is a perfect segue to uh, the next question I'd had, which is, you know, how did you grow through, uh, grow in your faith through your sorority experience? So you mentioned part of that uh, was meeting uh, Tweet and her kind of mentoring you and discipling you uh, while walking through the sorority experience. But yeah, how did you grow in your faith? Yeah, so I think it was, um, it, it started with just spending time in the word and figuring out how to read the word <laughs> on my own. Um, I also had an amazing church that I went to on campus at Purdue. Um, and so that was really, I think I invested my time in some foundational things. So the relationship with Christine Tweet, attending a church, and then I actually started um, a Bible study uh, in the Theta House. And we had a, a weekly Greek IV connect. I forget what it was called, but we got together all the sororities and fraternities like once a week. And so making the time and being disciplined to um, prioritize all of those things um, really started to, I think, accelerate my um, my faith and my growing in the spiritual disciplines and understanding, you know, who Christ was in my life and how to live it out. So it was making some intentional choices around how I spent my time and where I spent my time and who it was with. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hearing some different, th- I mean, one of which is just having a, a mentor, somebody kind of above you to help guide you through it. It's a little bit uh, further ahead. It sounds like community, you know, and having other people. I mean, you mentioned some of the like, um, you have your sorority sisters, but Greek University, like you mentioned, kind of the best of both worlds of people in Greek life, but they're also trying to pursue their faith and having some of those peers that are trying to do the exact same thing you're doing, figure it out. You know, what does it look like to follow Jesus uh, in Greek life? Um, yeah, to that end, I mean, what what was, um, so it sounded like those were some of the things that helped you grow. What were yeah. some of the challenges, you know, uh, to trying to live out your faith in the sorority? So, I mean, every sorority and I think every fraternity has its own traditions. And some of those things, I think, um, are, can be really fun, but may not necessarily align with the values, right? So it's like, how do you balance kind of that whole of the world and in the world? And um Gosh, it wasn't easy. Um, I think for me, you know, knowing what was right and wrong in terms of alcohol and sex and all those things versus like making those choices and and not feeling like I had to make a choice that I'd be judged for or wouldn't be judged for by my peers was was something I think it was just kind of a 
a constant, right? And um, when you, you know, you talk, John, about like the other, so looking back, I think people from Greek life and from Greek IV, frankly, who are in the other fraternities and sororities were probably more of a community than sometimes even the women in my own house. Because when mm -hmm. I'd go to parties yeah. or I'd be in an environment where there was just a choice to make, I'd kind of seek out those other Greek IV friends and like we'd hang, you know, and it was yeah. a cool way to like, okay, I can, I can do this stuff and I can be here and I can participate, but I also don't have to go to the extreme of making choices that frankly, I will regret the next morning. Yeah. Um, and so that was, and I would say over the years, you know, I went to chapter camp conference, like those relationships started to, to really deepen. Mm. And, um, to the point where now 20 some odd years later, I actually attend church with some of those people that were my Greek IV um, community, which is just so cool. It kind of all came full circle many, many years later. And I can look back and be like, you know, you were there at the very beginning as I was trying to figure out who I was in Christ. And, and now, you know, we've got families, we all got kids, you know, we're doing life at a much different stage. So that's been pretty uh, rewarding. Yeah. I love that. Oh, that's so amazing. I mean, I love the way that, yeah, that community, I think we long for that, that, that community that, you know, has longevity and depth to it. Um, and I think that's our hope with Greek Varsity is that we can provide um, that support system that, you know, doesn't just pull you out of the Greek system. I think that's what a lot of people have experienced where they find Christian community, but then they feel like pulled out of the Greek mm -hmm. system, but that, um, it's a community that propels you, you know, to be present with your brothers and sisters in the fraternity basement or, yeah. you know, out on the weekend. Um, but you can be there and, and be a witness and um, mm -hmm. have that support. So I yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, as I, you know, my juniors and senior years, once I'd kind of figured it, I mean, I never figured it out, but how to kind of find the rhythm of balancing the faith and Greek life. It was really cool, the one-on-one -on -one coffee conversations and chats, you know, in the library with sorority sisters who were younger than me that were trying to figure it out, you know? And that was cool because I, I had had a couple years under my belt and still trying to lead a Bible study, you know? And I, I, I've been there. Sometimes two people would show up, you know? Sometimes yeah. 10 people would, <laughs> you know? It, it, and we've all been there, right? It's just yes. like you just continue to, you know, fight the fight and keep the faith and maintain the spiritual disciplines and keeping Christ at the center of it. And just know that like you're doing, you're doing what God's called you to do. Um, mm. So yeah. I love that. Ah, well on that note, we're going to take a break because I want to get more into how your faith is and sorority experiences continue to influence you today, but we're going to take a quick break. Hi, I'm Emily and I'm your MC for Beyond This, a Greek IV premiere. As we all know, this has been a uniquely difficult year. From COVID to racial injustice, political division, isolation, and anxiety, this year has been a struggle. When we face hardship and suffering, it is easy to disconnect and wonder, is there any real point to all this? But what if there is more to this? What if it is possible to find meaning, hope, joy, and God in the midst of this, whatever this may be? Beyond This is a premiere event featuring the stories of three Greek students who found God and meaning in the midst of hardship and suffering this year, including mental health challenges, toxic relationships, substance abuse, and more. We'll be organizing watch parties to view Beyond This on YouTube on February 21st. To learn about hosting a watch party or to find a watch party near you, visit us at greek.intervarsity.org slash upcoming events or follow us on Instagram at greekiv.
I hope you'll join us for Beyond This. All right, so we are back. And man, Tony, there's just so much richness from your sorority experience. I love it. I love how, you know, you uh, were a leader in your sorority. And I think many of our listeners have either been leading a Bible study in their fraternity sorority or they want to. And so I find what you shared just really encouraging. But I'd love to transition to your work. We talked about it earlier, about your role in HR with your company. Um, I'd love to hear more about your work and what that entails. Yeah, yeah. So I work for um, Corteva AgriScience, which we joke around as a 300-year-old startup. Um, but I've been there about 20 years and um, recently spun off from uh, Dow and DuPont. And so our company uh, works in the agriculture industry. And I made a very um, intentional decision about 10 years ago to be a part of an industry where I felt like there was a common good and a societal need being met. And so um, my most of my career has been in marketing and sales and, and leadership and management. Um, but just in the last year, I've transitioned into HR. And um, I just, I've always had a love for people and um, ensuring that our, for my case, the employees at our company have the best um, employee experience and support, whether it becomes their payroll or healthcare and benefits and having a baby. And so I lead a uh, team of about 100 people globally who run our service centers um, for all of our 20,000 employees around the world. So, wow. Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> Pretty cool. It's a lot of responsibility. You know, a yeah. hundred uh, people right under you who are affecting 20,000 people in turn. Yeah. yeah. I love what you said. You chose a company that you felt was, I think you said, uh, creating good for society or societal good. Can you just speak a little bit more about that? And because I yeah. think our audience will really be interested. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say the first, you know, the first nine, eight, nine years of my career, I was just figuring out how to be uh, successful. Right. And um, trying to find my fit. Right. So I, I spent four years in sales and I went into marketing and um, this actually links to the ethics webinar I did because I had an opportunity to pursue an executive MBA at Notre Dame. And the reason I chose Notre Dame was because of their values. And so it kind of all comes full circle. Right. Mm. Um and through that experience, just was super convicted that if I was going to use the skills that God had given me and the leadership skills that, frankly, I started developing at Purdue um, in Greek life and all the other organizations I did, I wanted to do it where I felt like I was helping the world. And, you know, I think sometimes it seems like a very philosophical concept, but for me, it was really tangible. How do I take these marketing and business and sales skills I have? into an industry where a need is being met. And I knew nothing about farming. Um, most people are born into farming families or they choose to study it in undergrad. Um, very few come in, you know, mid-year, mid-career. So at 10 years in, um, after I'd finished my MBA, I chose to work and pivot into the agriculture division. And for me, that was really about having a reason to go to work every day beyond just making money beyond just, you know, um, trying to climb the corporate ladder. And so being able to connect like my own personal values and my faith values to a greater purpose um, is, is frankly what's driven me for, for the last 10 years of my career. And so, um, you know, John, what was, you know, what you remarked about, about 100 people who impact 20,000, the reason I chose to come to HR was because I saw this need 
um, to take my my understanding of the business and what it means to kind of be on the front line and serve customers and say, well, how can I make it better for the employees so they can do their their day jobs and they don't have to worry about the stuff like, am I getting paid to put food on the table for my family? And so mm-hmm. that's probably been the last 10 years of my career is really having the ability to connect what I do every day to um, you know, broader people and seeing the tangible impact of helping our employees. And in this case, you know, our, our families and, and we're supporting the farming community. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I appreciate is that, you know, you continue to, to ask the question of just how does my faith connect with this? <laughs> I think for a lot of us, uh, that question doesn't even, uh, even occur sometimes of just, you know, my faith is kind of over here and I go to church and I, you know, do right. these devotions and quiet times. I, I got church friends, whatnot. And then I go to my nine and five uh, and I do my job and, you know, I do it well and all those things. But um, for you to continue to, it sounds like consistently ask the question of just how does my faith affect you know, not only how I do my work and how I do my day job, but also how I choose the companies that I work for, Mm -hmm. uh, how I choose positions within that company um, and um, and connecting the two, you know, which uh, it sounds very similar uh, to what we were just talking about before the break of just where's the overlap? You know, I have uh, here's uh, my business my organization's values, uh, and here's my Christian values, uh, similar to like, here's, uh, my Greek values and theta, and here's my, my Christian values. So, um, yeah, I, I'd like to hear how, how did, if at all, uh, did your sorority experience and trying to figure out the overlap between Christian values and Greek values influence the way that you've approached your work or how did it prepare you, uh, mm-hmm. to the way that you approach work and life today? Yeah. Oh gosh. The, the preparation question is, is a critical one for me because, you know, we live, I lived in the house with a hundred women. And so navigating relationships of people across, you know, a hundred people, we're all wired. God's wired us all so differently. Yeah. And so, you know, there's some people that it's easy. It's easy. There's others where, you know, you just naturally, the wiring or the experiences or mindsets aren't, aren't all, always aligned, right? The same in business. Mm. And so, um, you know, being able to to navigate those relationships on a daily basis. And some of you listening to this might have worked, you know, this morning you're fighting over shower time. Um, we're trying to figure out how to get on, how to get on Zoom, you know, to do class or Google Hangout when there's no bandwidth. You know, it's like there's there's challenges now in twenty in twenty twenty that a lot of us have experienced. Um, and and I think there's it's all about relationships. It's all about how you treat people and how you give grace. Hmm. And if anything, I would say my Greek experience in the sorority, but also, you know, being on campus with people of all different ethnicities and backgrounds. Um, there's a high international community at Purdue and being in the engineering, you know, uh, field, I got experience to that and I got exposure to it, which now I'm leading, you know, I'm leading a team in India and Spain and Mexico City. Like all of that has has prepared me. Um, I think one other point I'd like to just touch on is some of you, and I know I, I grappled with this, ha- felt like I had to make a choice mm-hmm. between going into ministry full time and going into a professional field. Mm-hmm. And um, to me, it felt very black and white. Like, could I actually be a, a businesswoman in a corporate context 
and still be a Christian? Mm. Like, shouldn't I be in the mission field? Like, isn't that what, you know, every Christian does? They go off into the mission field. And mission field is a very general term. So that could be working at a church that could be, you know, serving in Nicaragua, that could be being on staff with university, right? And, and everything in between. Um, what I've experienced and what I've learned, though, is that it doesn't have to look one way. And for me, you know, John, you said, it sounds like you're constantly asking and questioning, you know, I'm in the right role in the company to do what God's calling me to. I probably question too much because every, every 18 months I get a little bit antsy. Um, but that's not to say there haven't been points in time where I've said, okay, maybe it's now time to go into ministry, you know, or maybe, and God keeps showing me, maybe it's time to stay in the corporate world because frankly, the more and more I get exposed to it, the more I see that there are other believers and there is a lot of good being done. Uh, but there's also opportunities to bring a voice and a valued Christian perspective into the workplace. Mm. And so I just constantly say, Lord, is this where you have me for now? And try and be open-handed. And if I look back on the last 20 years, um, I've moved seven times. I spent four years overseas in England. Um, I have worked in probably 10 different business units. I have changed jobs every two to three years, not because I've asked for it, but because God's opened one door after another. My career path kind of looks like a candy land. I don't know if you guys remember that. <laughs> yes. Board. It is not. And for, for someone that's engineering minded, who looks like linear paths and straight lines, it's been anything but. Um, so God's showed me time and time and time again, that if I'm willing to be open-handed and let him lead me and um, into and take risks into different callings that he will bless me. And so um, that's where I would say my, sorority and my Greek foundation life really prepared me for where I am today. Yeah. Yeah. Tony, I love that image of being open-handed. Like I've been thinking about that image a lot lately. And I do think that is the posture that God invites us to, um, for our lives. If we, if we make him the Lord of our lives, if we choose to follow him, it's living this life with an open hand and saying, God, you know, I give this to you. You do yeah. with it what you what you want to do, and I think that's a powerful word for our students, especially. <laughs> I I think they've really been forced this year. <laughs> about, uh, yeah, I was about to, to say twenty twenty may have pried some hands open of just like you just got to let go, or you just go. Yeah, I know, but there is a sense of freedom in that. I mean, look at the adventures that you've had, and I mean, I'm sure in the moment it was yeah. not easy and probably really scary a lot of the times. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I'd love, I'd love to hear, Tony, you know, what advice do you have for Greek students now mm. as they navigate their faith in Greek life or, you know, their faith as it intersects with their careers? Yeah. You know, I would say um, enjoy it and have fun. Mm. I, I think um, if I look back on my, my experience, I was always trying to get to the next thing. You know, I was trying to think about okay, what does junior year mean? And, and what is, what does life after college look like? And I have to find a job and, and all these things. And I would say, yes, like preparing and working hard and studying well and, and um, participating in the different Greek um, activities and also the other things on campus, all of that stuff matters. But like, enjoy it because this is a season of your life where you will be exposed to so many different types of people from so many different cultures and don't just embrace the like the knowledge you're learning in whatever you're studying, 
but like embrace the opportunity to connect and build with community with people. And while that might look really different in the middle of a global pandemic, um, I would say, you know, God's wired us to not feel isolated and alone. God's wired us to be in community with other people. And so it might look a little bit different. It might require a little bit more intentionality, but like have such a good time with it. And, and yes, do the hard things and study well. Um, but just trust that whatever God's got on the other side of your college and your university experience, um, there is no right answer. And, you know, I, I remember feeling like I had to pick the perfect company and I had to pick the perfect job and there is no perfect anything like God mm. can use all of it. And so, um, if that means working for a couple of years and then going back to grad school or starting in one field and, and, and it taking you down a path. And then 10 years later, deciding you want to go from architecture to interior design or from retail into aerospace. I mean, God will use all of your experiences um, as and when he calls you to if you're open handed and trusting in him. Mm-hmm. And um, the Candyland you know, career path that I've had is um, is something that, you know, I never expected. But I also think had I uh, like enjoyed the ride a little bit more it would have provided more opportunity for new adventures. And so just keep, keep your eyes open on the Lord, but have fun in the process and enjoy the journey. That's ah, Tony, that's such a good word. Like, I just want to like sit in this for like the day. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good word. All you perfectionists, type A leaders, presidents of your fraternities and sororities that have your, you know, 20 year plan uh, Mm -hmm. planned out. I mean, that's a, that's a good word. That mm-hmm. that hits me because uh, I, I was in a similar boat of always trying to have things planned out and everything. And so just, you know, the invitation to relax and, and have fun, you know, hey, that is a Greek and uh, Christian value. <laughs> yes. Have fun and enjoy it. Uh, yes. So. Yes, I love it. That's great. Oh, Tony, thank you so much uh, for giving us of your time. I know you're heading to work right after you talk to us. So we really appreciate you uh, giving your time. And my goodness, that concludes another episode of the Greek and Christian podcast, John. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) One more. And we'll we'll see you all uh, in our next episode. The Greek and Christian podcast is produced by Greek InterVarsity a nonprofit college ministry for fraternity and sorority students. Our ultimate vision is to see every fraternity and sorority connected to a community of Greek Christians so that every Greek is just one friend away from knowing and following Jesus. To learn more, find a community on campus, or partner with us. Visit greek.intervarsity.org.